0: You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Non right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and of course where they are now so what is happening everybody I hope everybody's been having a fantastic day and a phenomenal week so far goodness i'm trying to like figure out okay yeah we are already one week into october which is unbelievable so bring out all them pumpkin pies and them turkeys you know like it's the week before thanksgiving the canadian thanksgiving so happy early thanksgiving to everybody who celebrates it i hope you have a very relaxing long weekend everyone and that you enjoy your time with your family and loved ones. Uh, what else? Oh, okay. So before I forget, um, your girl right here is going to be co-hosting a podcasting workshop on Thursday, October seventh, uh, which I believe by the time this episode gets broadcast is going to be uh, on the day of uh, <laughs> that you're listening to this episode via the radio va- uh, radio waves. So, yeah. I'm going to be hosting, co-hosting a uh, podcasting workshop online, um... Brought to you by our wonderful family Here at CFRU 93.3 FM so if you're Interested you can check out the event Online and I believe the subsequent Zoom links and uh, just like The like uh, the how to's Of how to join the workshop Online it is going to be a virtual Workshop but we're so Excited about this podcasting 101 workshop it's going to be so much Fun we're going to be teaching you everything that you Need to know before you start your Very own podcast you know if you ever contemplated starting any podcast but you just didn't know how or didn't know how to get started well this is the right time for you to sign up for this podcast and to join us and see how we do it um and i believe it is going to be free of cost to all university of guelph students attending and if you're a non-university uh, member you uh, the fee, the entrance fee, is ten dollars. Again, please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, if you're, if you're, um, you know, listening to this and you're like, ah, not, you just mess it up, whatever. Um, yeah. More information is available online at cfru.ca and on our social media pages. Okay, so be there or be square. I'm so excited to uh, be teaching the technical aspect of the workshop and I look forward to seeing some of you TKO fans out there as well you know I'll be giving out some interesting tips and pretty much like I'll just tell you everything from my own experience from my perspective and point of view hopefully it'll be useful to many of you attending and yeah I'm so excited so yeah if you're listening to this episode uh, on the day that it it is um, aired from CFRU in a couple hours, Feel free to attend this workshop on podcasting. It is from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Thursday, October 7th. All right. So now um, let me just say we have so many different things to talk about this week. Uh, We have a very important boxing fight to break down for y'all today. We have finally, finally, finally the time has come for us to Thoroughly sit down and discuss Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. Number three, the rubber match that we have been anticipating for many months now. Um, We are actually going to be sitting down and talking about what the heck actually went down for the past two fights that these two guys had. And what to expect for this upcoming fight. And what are some of the implications for, you know, given whoever wins this fight and becomes either the new or the the and still should i say uh title holder for this heavyweight wbc belts in boxing what's next for them are they gonna be fighting the other uh heavyweight title holder right now in boxing who is the newly crowned alexander Usyk, or, or are they gonna be having like some other mandatory fights to defend their wbc belts so on and so forth so that's mainly what we're going to be talking about this week but also a lot has happened in other aspects of combat sports uh we actually had the world wrestling championships happening in Norway this past week which I personally watched and absolutely loved and was just so thrilled and amazed by the level of talent uh, of all these wrestlers and athletes who were competing uh in this year's championships. Uh so I listen, okay, I don't know if I'm going to be we ha- we're, we're going to be having enough time to thoroughly break down these wrestling matches, but I just want to give a very very special shout out to Mr. Hassanyazdani who is uh, a fellow Persian. I love him so much and arguably one of the best uh, wrestlers in the 86 kilos weight division in the world period. Um the match that he had in the finals for the World Wrestling Championships Was against uh, the American David Taylor Who has been y- uh, Yazdani's number one foe, should I say For a very long time so the three uh excuse me the two have faced off already three times in the past you know uh, there's been times in the olympics that the two have faced off there's been times in previous world wrestling championships uh that these two guys have faced off however all past uh face-offs yazdani unfortunately lost david taylor and this was the fourth time that these two guys were facing off against one another so everybody was just on the edge of their seats, and nobody, nobody really knew what to expect because you know three times already David Taylor had beat uh, uh, Yazdani, and uh, we were just sitting back and thinking, well, could Yazdani really adjust his game plan and do things that he wouldn't really do before in order to overcome? David David Taylor's top notch Wrestling skills well he did Exactly that and um, This this is kind of like trivial Because I know on TKO we don't necessarily Talk about wrestling all That much but um, I actually this is like fresh information To me as well but uh, From my knowledge Uh, The Iranian uh, Like the national wrestling team Actually recruited a new head coach Who really pushes These guys to their absolute Limits with uh, strength And conditioning workouts for example uh, Hassan Yazdani Who is like I said he Wrestles at 86 kilos Um, When he is training When he is in training camp he wrestles with Heavyweight wrestlers Right and um that's uh that's really tough okay i'm no wrestler but i can tell you um from the footages video footages that i watched myself it looks extremely hard but also it makes you so tough hence why yazdani performed so well against david taylor this time around because um first of all he wasn't really scared to uh showcase the the bold uh, style of wrestling that he had kind of, like, renovated for himself, if that makes sense. Meaning, uh, he just... He literally came out there, guns blazing, okay? And um, he, from the very first second of the match, he was just out there trying to put so much pressure on David Taylor, which before he wouldn't really do, but this time around, um, it just felt like his game plan had completely changed around. So, that's exactly what he did and how the whole match proceeded and it wasn't like what we had seen before from Yazdani. Yazdani is a very technical wrestler, but uh he's very calculated. Um why and, and that's exactly why we regard him as one of the best wrestlers out there in the world, not just uh in the Middle East, but just uh, worldwide he's uh, arguably one of the greatest of all time. And when he did that against David Taylor, it was just so beautiful to watch, and uh, it was really praiseable. So once again, shout out to Hassan Yazdani for that beautiful performance. Um, he did it. He made it happen, and uh, he made everybody proud. If you were Iranian, or if you were an Iranian, uh, you know, as a as a huge fan of wrestling, as someone who watches wrestling and really enjoys it uh, i feel like it was one of those performances that you like at the end of it you just like stood up and uh gave him a round of applause that's how beautiful it was to watch so shout out to him and everybody else who was present at the world wrestling championships beautiful beautiful showcasing of talent and so many talented uh athletes present in the in the championships it was really really nice to watch All right, so now that that's out of the way, uh, we do have a couple other news updates to go through today. Uh, One that I wanted to talk about last week regarding John Jones, the former light heavyweight champion of the UFC and the current heavyweight fighter in the organization who's been through some scandals recently. We're gonna be talking a little bit about him, but also I really do want to give you all uh, a update on the lawsuit, the sports lawsuit that the former heavyweight uh, top contender in the UFC, Mark Hunt, had initially instigated a few years back, um, and the fi- the lawsuit that he had filed previously against. Brock Lesnar and the UFC and the parent company of the UFC, Zufa. So I do have an update regarding that lawsuit and uh, what's to expect in the upcoming months. So stay tuned for that. But before we officially get started with the content of the show, I do want to take this time to say... Rest in peace to Justin Thornton who uh, was a former mixed martial arts uh, fighter And a person who was fighting for bare knuckle fighting championships So Justin recently had a fight in August in bare knuckle fighting championships Um, Unfortunately he suffered a very horrific knockout He was immediately transported to the hospital while he was on a stretcher Things did not look good for him and unfortunately he passed away a few days ago because of brain trauma. So uh, I really want to do take this time to say that our thoughts and prayers are with uh, his family and we cannot imagine what they're going through right now. And uh, yeah, so this episode is going to be a tribute to Justin Thornton. And for us to all remember that combat as as beautiful as combat sports are this is a huge risk that is carried with every single fight and every single match that every person walks into yet they try to showcase their absolute best for us and try to uh just uh have the sport go go on and go forward but um this is this is very unfortunate um and it unfortunately this is not the first time that it has happened for our fighters so it is a brutal sport um but we do have him in our hearts we do have justin thornton in our hearts and in our thoughts and prayers so rest in peace okay so let's get started with our show content so today let's just briefly talk about this whole okay i do want to go through this mark hunt thing first before i go through the john jones situation so what happened with Mark Hunt? So Mark Hunt, um, he's a former heavyweight fighter at the UFC. Uh, Mark Hunt was doing really well in the UFC until uh, we had UFC 200 come about. And Mark Hunt was scheduled to fight against the former heavyweight champion of the UFC and also a very well-known uh, WWE wrestler, Brock Lesnar. So Brock Lesnar... Um, he he's had a very interesting trajectory in mixed martial arts because he initially started out in professional wrestling and then he made a transition to mma and then he went back to professional wrestling in the wwe once you're in the wwe there is no such thing as drug testing or like anti-doping procedures because you just want to put on a good show for the fans and uh As you all know I mean no spoilers here Um, Professional wrestling is choreographed So uh, there's no reason for the athletes to come in quote unquote clean And not on uh, substances It's just uh, it makes no sense right It's not an actual competitive sport So when Brock Lesnar was in the WWE Obviously he was doing whatever he wanted but once he had to make that transition to MMA once again to fight Mark Hunt, well, obviously, he has to go off of those substances for a while. And because, like, after all these substances, whatever they are, they have major impacts on your physiology, and they do tend to stay in your body for a long time, depending on what, like, the type of substance they're actually taking. So uh, the UFC and essentially everybody else in the world was aware of this situation. And the UFC said, okay, we have recently made this deal with the United States Anti-Doping Agency, and we're going to be testing all of our athletes, regardless if it's Brock Lesnar, if it's Conor McGregor, whoever it is, we're going to be testing them very thoroughly for, uh, for us to make sure that uh, they're actually fighting clean and they specifically said that coming into UFC 200 at the time Brock Lesnar was going to be uh, someone who was going to be tested more than anybody else because of everything else that was already expected with the uh, drug results of uh, Brock Lesnar that's what they said but comes UFC 200 Mark Hunt is fighting Brock Lesnar it was a pretty mediocre fight uh, both Mark Hunt and Brock Lesnar, they weren't really at their prime or anything, so we didn't really expect fireworks for that particular fight. But the outcome was that Brock Lesnar defeated Mark Hunt. I think it was a unanimous decision. or uh, I, I don't quite recall the actual outcome of the fight, but I do remember uh, that Brock Lesnar won that fight later it was shown that brock lesnar while he was fighting mark hunt he had trace amounts of certain banned substances in his system and that was not okay right so not only did uh brock lesnar get suspended for a while because of the fact that he tested positive for the substances mark hunt was very very angry about this whole situation to the extent that he actually filed a lawsuit against Brock Lesnar and the UFC because he was uh, claiming that the UFC knew that Brock Lesnar was on these substances all this time, yet they let him fight Mark Hunt on U- at, at UFC 200. They were fully aware of everything. And the interesting thing is... Um, Mark Hunt was actually filing his lawsuit based on battery claims and um, based on claims of fraud. Which you're like, wait, like what is this? Like how how did how did all this get criminal all of a sudden? Well, he Mark Hunt is claiming that uh, well the sport of mixed martial arts. Uh, obviously it's not like you just like Go into the octagon and you just like start talking To each other you know have deep conversation It's obviously a brutal sport it's a very Violent sport you go in there to fight The other person that's just the Nature of the sport right um, You do By in, in literal Terms let's just say that in literal li- Literal terms <laughs> uh, You do go in there with the Intention of hurting the other person When you do go in with the intention of hurting the other person and combining that thought with the fact that Brock Lesnar knew that he was taking banned substances and that the UFC knew that Brock Lesnar was taking banned substances. Well, let's just take another step back and think, well, why would Brock Lesnar be taking all those banned substances? Logically, it would be to improve his performance in a MMA fight. Once again, what is an MMA fight? You go in with the intention to hurt the other person. So just logically connect all those dots together. And by literal terms, that is the definition of battery. And Mark Hunt is actually claiming this against Brock Lesnar and the UFC. How interesting is that, right? So that was the initial claim that was brought up by Mark Hunt. The court actually dismissed this claim for a while. Everybody forgot about this lawsuit. But it turns out that Mark Hunt and his team of lawyers actually appealed, uh, requested an appeal, and the appeal was approved in the court of law. And this is where things get interesting. So the case is once again open. No, Mark Hunt hasn't fully won this case against Brock Lesnar yet. But the fact to me personally, um, I've always had an interest for the law. And specifically when I heard about the specific claims that Mark Hunt has made for this lawsuit, it was just very interesting to me. And the fact that uh, he was using I mean, he didn't really make anything up. He was literally using all the evidence that was uh, already there, like state of um, just just things that were facts. Right. He was just taking advantage of all these things trying to put them together so that he could get um a fair decision on this whole situation so to me it was just very interesting and I thought i should update you guys on this issue as well especially because it's been a good few years since this lawsuit was uh, initially instigated by mark Hine. and again everybody thought it was just uh, a dormant thing or it was Probably dismissed or something Nobody was really talking about it until right now That the appeal has been Approved So I'll definitely keep you guys updated With regards to more detail on that Alright okay so I do want to say uh, What happened with John Jones And I'm going to quickly talk about The Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder Fight So John Jones um, you guys probably know He was recently indu- uh, inducted Into the UFC Hall of Fame on the night of that ceremony and that celebration, um, John Jones got involved uh, with an altercation, a physical altercation with his fiance. His fiance, you know, long story short, fiance calls the uh police the police comes uh john jones looks like he's under the influence of alcohol uh he is arrested by the cops but john jones he's just not in a good state of mind and he actually bashes his head against the the police car and there's a dent in the in the in the hood of the car and there's just so many charges against him now well he has been released right now but uh the saga continues, unfortunately, for John Jones. Uh, what would this mean with regards to him fighting in the near future in the heavyweight division? I would say n- things are not looking good at all. <sighs> uh, his uh, heavyweight de- debut is probably pushed back another two years or so. That's uh, my take on it. That's just my gut feeling about it. It sucks. It's really sad to see that someone as talented as John Jones is just having such a hard time trying to stay out of trouble and again because it's been happening over and over and over this is not the first time that john jones has been getting into deep trouble like this outside the octagon so it is very sad to see uh it is definitely a waste of talent but i um i just uh wish everybody the best in this situation especially the people who were impacted um in this whole scenario So, yeah, I'm just going to leave it there because I really do want to give you guys a thorough breakdown of this Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder rubber match. So, what is actually going on here? So, Deontay Wilder, the former heavyweight WBC champion of the world, uh, undefeated for the longest time, absolutely just uh, mauling over everybody in the heavyweight division. Right, so on one hand we had <laughs> we had uh, Deontay Wilder, who was a WBC champion, and the other, and excuse me, on the other hand, and literally across the pond we had Anthony Joshua, who was the holder of the WBA, WBO, IBF, and IBO heavyweight championship belts. So these two guys were the topest guys in the heavyweight boxing um, realm at the time, and then Tyson Fury, who was the former heavyweight champion and the holder of the uh, lineal uh, heavyweight Championship belt um, He was off for a long time because of personal Issues uh, outside The ring but he decided to make That comeback that big comeback into The heavyweight boxing scene once Again and once he did Win all of his comeback fights he was scheduled To fight against Deontay Wilder Which he did. And uh, the first fight was in 2017. I'm sure you guys probably remember. How close of a fight that was. The full 12 rounds were. Just filled with so much thrill. And excitement. And um, Tyson Fury showed that. He is literally a zombie fighter. Meaning that doesn't matter if he gets. Quote unquote knocked out. Because he is literally able to spring back up to his feet with like before the the 10 count uh, by the referee and just casually get back to uh boxing like how he was before that just shows you how professional and um just how high level Tyson Fury is so Deontay Wilder you know he he did his absolute best in that first fight against Tyson Fury because it was declared a draw, he was able to uh, just maintain his WBC belt. And then there was a second match in 2018 in which so many things went wrong for Deontay Walder. Um, I feel like, personally, I feel like he got a little bit cocky thinking that, oh, you know, even, even the first uh fight that I had against Tyson... Um, I, I easily won that fight, you know, it was a fluke that he performed the way that he did and that I deserve to win this fight also. So I feel like he totally underestimated the power of Tyson Fury and his skill set as well. So he came in a little bit cocky. Um, and Tyson Fury completely took advantage of that scenario and he was able to stun Deontay Wilder from the very first minutes of the fight and was able to win that fight and get the WBC Heavyweight Championship belt for himself. Deontay Wilder, he was out of the picture for a long time. We didn't know what was going on with him, right? Tyson Fury is out here just uh, living his absolute best life. And then um, fast forward to 2020, right? So the pandemic has hit. And because Deontay Wilder was the champion before, you know, when you're uh, setting up a contract for a boxing fight, the champion or like the side A person gets to determine certain stuff in the contract. So... One thing that was determined by Deontay Wilder's team was that he gets to call for a rematch if he gets to lose that fight. And he can do it anytime that he wants. So Deontay Wilder, even though he was out of the boxing scene for a while, for like a good two years or so, uh, he actually claimed that he wanted to have a third fight against Tyson Fury. He even took things to court. And the judge uh, Declared it as yes We actually need to have this third fight Between the two guys Because um, Again all the evidence in the contract Points towards the fact that This is the match that needs to happen ASAP And um, so it did It was originally going to happen in I believe July or so If I'm not mistaken or August Ah, I don't know I, I uh, kind of lost Track of time but Now, here we are. It is happening on October 9th. And it is... uh, I'm very personally very excited about... What sort of things have changed in the Game plan of either fighter so I know for a fact that Tyson Fury Has been training his butt off this whole Time I've seen video footages of him In, in training camp um, So if he ca- if he just keeps up That technical game plan that he Usually has and tries to Take advantage of the awesome footwork That he has as well to keep His dynamicness and to keep Moving around the ranks so that Deontay chases, chases him Around and uh, is kind of like. Like Gastel, before he can do anything, I think Tyson Fury can easily win this fight. And for uh, Deontay Wilder to win this fight, I would say he needs to act super fast because he has deadly knockout shots. And if he can take advantage of those early on in the fight, um, he can he can he can definitely finish Tyson Fury. He shouldn't really let things go uh, the full twelve rounds if he wants to have a definitive finish and uh, like a guaranteed win to this fight so that's my take on this whole uh Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder rubber match uh once again make sure you catch up with it on Saturday October 9th it's a great night to watch it as well because again Canadian Thanksgiving and just sit down and watch it with your friends and family y'all okay it's gonna be so exciting all right I'm just looking at the clock right now. That is all the time we're going to be having for this week. Y'all make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with previous episodes. And you can also get a Spotify and iTunes to download our previous episodes as well. And until next time, it's your girl Jenna right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.